Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Ah, good morning. <laughs> uh, isn't the presence of the Lord wonderful? Well, we are blessed this morning to have some guests with us, uh, specifically Scott Neri and his wife, Marcy. <laughs> it's great to have you guys with us. Um, Scott will be speaking, and uh, we are receiving a love offering for him in, uh, in the back. Uh, if you didn't notice that already, most of you probably did. Uh, <clears throat> so I have to share a little bit. I wish uh, oh, I just uh, drew a drew a blank in in my brain. I hate it when that happens. I wish Sonia was here this morning. Uh, because uh, she shared a word with me on Monday. Uh, she just got back from Holland. Uh, she'd been on a temporary assignment over there. And uh, second to last day she was there, uh, they were praying over her, and uh, the pastor that she was under over there gave her a word. And and this was a very liturgical guy. Uh very liturgical church. She didn't know why God wanted her there, but she was obedient. And uh, after he was done praying, she, she said, I, I heard three words. And, and he said, yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> she wasn't used to walking in words of knowledge or anything like that. Uh, so the word was freedom to maneuver. And she was on assignment on a NATO military base in Holland over there, and this, this was a, a military um, chaplain who, who gave her the word. And last Sunday when I was sharing about transformation of Cheyenne, uh, she just knew that that word was not just for her, that it was for us. And specifically, just right where we are and right now. And I, I got to find my notes that have the email that she got back from the chaplain explaining his understanding of what those words meant. Because when you put this in the context of what I've shared the last two weeks, um, just to catch some of you up, uh, I've had a vision for God to do something really big in Cheyenne for more than 25 years and, and been actively praying into that and 
really Joy and I ordering our lives according to that vision and, and pursuing this. And then about seven years ago, the Lord really kind of brought it more into focus that because he kept telling me to think bigger. And and finally one one time I, I said, Lord, I'm I think I'm thinking about as big as I can think, so can you help me out a little bit? And then he really showed me cultural transformation of the city is is what he's after. And that's what he wants to do. So uh, just last September, I think it was, the, the Lord spoke to another pastor here in town. Uh, Jason, I'll let you know who it is, Jason King from First Baptist Church. Uh, and the Lord gave him the same vision. And so when he shared it with me, I said, well, Jason, I guess we're going to be doing some things together. Because when God gives us a prophetic vision like that, that is his invitation to us to participate with him to, to see it happen. So the last two weeks I've, I've shared really feeling like the Lord is saying, okay, it's, it's time for boots on the ground. It's, <laughs> it's, it's time to actually start seeing this happen and allowing him to make it happen through us because we can't make it happen. Let's, let's be clear about that. This is not something we can do. Only he can transform a city. So this, this word, uh, I mean, I, I probably won't even be able to get through uh, what, what this uh, chaplain said this means. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he's, I'll, I'll just read it to you. He's responding to uh, Sonia's email that, that she sent um, after I re requested that she <laughs> get the interpretation from the person God chose to deliver that. And and I know there's there's some meaning behind the fact that God gave this word to me from Holland because all my ancestors. <laughs> and my grandparents from great grandparents on both sides came here from Holland. So he says, uh, when God speaks, oftentimes he is talking in reference to others, sometimes who are even yet to be born and others who may not be in the room. In this case, your pastor is to gain the higher ground because God has declared that he is unhindered to move and to do what is necessary <laughs> to achieve a decisive victory due to freedom to maneuver. In military understanding, 
of this crucial part of warfighting functions. The commander is aided by his reconnaissance team that helps to clear the road to help to secure a clear victory by prohibiting the enemy from having freedom to patrol while the commander and his team have complete freedom of access to everything that will help them secure a decisive victory. <laughs> Is this amazing or what? I, I mean, wow. So when we pray, these are terms that the Lord of the Sabbath is very well acquainted with because our Lord is a warrior. Exodus 15:3. the Lord is a, a warrior. The Lord is his name. Remember, God did for Moses when he parted the Red Sea. That is freedom to maneuver, to walk unhindered on solid ground. Remember what happened to Pharaoh's army? <laughs> They drowned in the Red Sea. <clears throat> our God is a warrior, and we are at war with the enemy of our great warrior Lord, and he must win the battle. Wow. <laughs> so, Scott, <laughs> it's, it's into this context that you're speaking today. <laughs> Would uh, you want to use that? Yeah, can I walk around with that? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor Jay. Yeah. Let's see. Let's put this on here. Right here would be, would be best. And it goes. Uh, this way. Yes. Okay. I'm getting used to it. Can you hear me? Y'all hear me now? All right. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Jay. It's truly an honor to be here. I'll give you a hug too. Yeah. God bless you, sir. God bless you. We're really excited to be in here in Cheyenne Vineyard Church. And um, no, I'm fine for now. I got one over there. I'll grab it if I need it. So thank you so much, Pastor. Um, well, you're probably saying, who is this guy? I'll tell you a little bit about myself, and then we're just going to go in to see what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Um. I was born and raised in West Virginia. Anybody from West Virginia? I think one person back here. All right. You're from West Virginia? Oh, okay. I got you. And uh, I'm a son of a coal miner, but I've been in ministry roughly around 24 years now. I've pastored many places. I've, I've also been a, worked in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers as a trainer and a therapist. I've worked with most pro athletes, and I'm also a Krav Maga self-defense instructor, which is Israeli self-defense, uh, combat training. So I'm a little interesting cat. Yeah, yeah, but that's all good. It's well-rounded, but God is amazing. And what our ministry is called, our ministry name is called 420 Fire. It's based on 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, where it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So I believe just like the founder of Vineyard, John Wimber, believed that the, when you preach the gospel, it should have a demonstration of the supernatural to it. So it's like the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, the Apostle Paul said, I did not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit of God and power, so that your faith won't rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. So today I firmly believe that when we come together fully expecting Him to show up, He will show up. And as long as we acknowledge Him here, He's going to stay here. But if we treat Him like He's not a big deal, He'll walk out. Hello, somebody. 
And that's the thing that I want you to understand. The Bible says in Matthew 18, verse 20, when two or three are gathered together, Jesus even is in the midst. So we have a room full of Holy Ghost people that want more of Jesus Amen. and that he, we're ready to maneuver. We're free to maneuver throughout Cheyenne. Amen. That's right. That's right. God called me to come all the way to Wyoming for the first time. And I, 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 believe, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe it's a God incidence that you are here. It's not, it's not just happenstance while you're here. I believe that you're going to receive an impartation from the Lord that will help you to go out and be the gospel with legs. Yes. Amen. So what our ministry does, 420 Fire, I, uh, I'm a graduate of the Reinhard Bonnke School of Evangelism. Anybody ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Amen. He's our father in the faith, amazing man of God. When my wife and I graduated under his... Uh, leadership, we were totally rocked by the power of the Lord. And uh, we've since, after that, about three months ago, I had a, an encounter with the Lord. He came to me and he says, Scott, I told you to preach the gospel in all of the world. I said, Father, I've gone to six countries in the last four months. I think I'm trying to. And he looked at me and says, but you haven't even gone to the 50 states of the country you're in now. And he says, for now on, I want you to view America differently. He goes, I'm the one who sets the borders and I divide the nations. He goes, I want you to view each and every state as its own country and go into each and every one of those 50 states, 50 countries, and raise up Holy Ghost activation hubs, get my people activated to live a supernatural life to reach the lost. And through a grassroots movement, revival shall happen and America shall be saved. My friends, I believe Wyoming shall be saved. I really believe that because God is doing an amazing work. So in three months' time, the Lord has opened up doors for our ministry. We are now in 19 states, and we have 25 groups across the current country and growing. People are getting activated, and people are going out and doing the works of Jesus instead of coming to church and just talking about the works of Jesus. And He wants to use you. He wants to, to use you to let your light so shine. So in the back, I wrote a book last year, and actually I got the mandate at, when I graduated under, at Reinhard Bonnke School, and I wrote a book in honor of John Wimber's book, Power Evangelism. John Wimber with uh, the Vineyard, founder of the Vineyard, we got Power Evangelism Activating a Jesus Lifestyle. In this book, it's a quick book, I break down the gifts of the Spirit and how they pertain to evangelism. There's lots of amazing stories in here. I might even share some today. And I have them in the back with me. And the cost is $10. And I will sign it for you. And also pray over you. But before we get into the word of God, I want to just see what the Lord is saying. When the Holy Ghost talks, you know, sometimes with me, he's very interesting. Okay. God is, you got to, don't put God in a box. You know. You can't put God, it's, your, it's ourselves we put in a box. So I, yesterday, all day yesterday, I was with my wife as we were traveling, and I kept on hearing the, the 1980s pop song, Rosanna. Rosanna, I kept on hearing, I could not get the song right. I could not get the song out of my head. And I met you at the beginning of service, and you, you, get, you get by Rose, but your real name is Rosanna. And I uh, found out that you're from New Brunswick, now, we were missionaries to Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada for two and a half years. And so we used to go through New Brunswick all the time. Were you near Moncton or St. John? Or? Okay, excellent. Well, you were born in St. John. Okay, excellent. 
Well, this is what I heard in my heart, and I wrote it down. And, and, and here's the thing. When you operate in the prophetic, you sometimes take risk, and if you miss it, so what? Yeah. Okay. If, you, if your heart is to encourage somebody to love them, how you doing, Miss Tracy? Good to see you again. If your heart is right, then they're going to feel the love of Jesus, which you already do. The very fact that he has his eyes on you this morning. Come on, somebody. So, so this is what I heard. Rosanna, Rosanna, my lover of justice, a pillar to all who come near her, a warrior in the spirit, and I have heard your prayers. Stand fast, beloved, and yield more to me. I will bring it to pass what you are standing for, and your children's children will seek me with all of their heart, and your prayers for your future descendants will be heard. Now, this is the part I don't understand what it means, but I feel, are you have any connections to Massachusetts? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Jesus. So now that's why I know it's you. And he says, Massachusetts is connected to you. So let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless Rosanna. I thank you, Lord, for using her more and more in a mighty, holy way. In Jesus' name. Whew, he called you out. He loves you. Jesus, that's pretty cool. I love it when the Lord does that. So, <laughs> that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus, I love you. Lord, that's amazing. So we always keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, because if I come up here and preach and you just remember me more than Jesus, then I've failed as a preacher. I love the atmosphere here. You guys are just like, I just felt peace. It's like, wow, I just feel peace, man. Like, this is amazing, just peace. It's good. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that as we behold the glory of the Lord, his image as in a mirror, are transformed from glory to glory. As we behold the glory of the Lord, as in a mirror, his image, we are transformed from glory to glory. What's he saying there? As you behold Jesus the King, as you behold him, you become more like him. What you behold, you always become. And what you gaze at is what you have desire for. Because what you attend to, the thing that you put your attention to, desire always follows the thing you attend this is why they say, do something for 30 days, you create a habit. What you gaze at, what you behold, when you truly have Jesus burned in the pupil, uh, pupils of your eyes, and you see him, and you seek him first, and you give him, he is total Lord. He is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. He is not just an addendum that we add to our week. Jesus is king. So as you behold him and what you look at, Wherever you look, I remember I was getting my motorcycle license a while back. My wife and I, we both have our motorcycle license without a motorcycle. Good figure. Okay. Yeah. Well, here. Yeah. Yeah, we ride a bike. But we travel a lot. We just haven't had a lot of time to do much of anything. But praise God, this is the season we're in. But one of the things that they teach you when you ride in a motorcycle, where you look is where you're going to go. So if you're riding a motorcycle and you just look over here, you're going to drift to that direction and you don't even realize you're going that way. So what you look at, see, here's what I want you to hear today. Where you see yourself is where you're going to find yourself. 
So if you see Cheyenne saved, Cheyenne will be saved. Ma'am, I don't know you, but I keep hearing this crazy phrase go off of my heart. <laughs> okay. Okay. I felt in my heart the Lord's going to make you a Holy Ghost media mogul. That, I don't understand what that means. Something to do with media. Are you kidding me? Wow. And you've come out of a lot of stuff lately. You've pressed hard through it. The enemy's been really mad at you. That's why he's put this crazy warfare. You've dealt with sickness. You've dealt with all kinds of crazy stuff. And you fought and you press and you press. And the Lord's about to expand the sphere of your influence as you continue to, to step into the prophetic call. You will even start to see angels all over the place. It will happen even more. Pop, 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 pop. And it's a sign of what to do next. Yes, a Holy Ghost media mogul. I'm about to, he's about to expand the sphere of your influence and dream even bigger, stretch even further, and it will expand even farther and a prophetic edge to it will happen even more. Jesus, bless this woman of God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Jesus is amazing. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. So this is what my book talks about, the gifts of the Spirit. And you guys could do it. So, all right, let's turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. Whew, hallelujah. So, remember, what you look at, wherever you look, is where you're going to go. And when we behold Jesus, we become more like him. So, when you behold him, your insecurities fade away because you realize who's in you. Just like you said earlier, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you, when you really, really understand he's in you, and you cannot be afraid. Because fear tolerated is faith contaminated. If you tolerate one ounce of fear, it will contaminate your faith and cause you to lose focus on the gaze of Jesus. Instead of gazing at Jesus, you're only gazing at your insecurities. And if you gaze at your insecurities, it'll make you try to compare yourself with other people. People always compare themselves. The Lord spoke to me and said, Scott, the reason a lot of people in my body do not gaze at me is because they're too busy gazing at one another. They're comparing themselves with other people. And comparison is the thief of joy. If you compare yourself, you'll always be able to find where you don't measure up according to that person. That doesn't mean you're supposed to do what they're called to do. Everybody has a unique calling, a unique vision that God called us to be. You can't be me, and I cannot be you. I would love to be Reinhard Bonnke, but I can't, I can't preach like this. I can't do that. I have to be Scott Neri. I have to be who I am. I have a, a fingerprint that no one in this room has. I have an, an iris in my eye that no one else has. I have a dental record that no one else has. No one has it now. No one had it before. No one have it after me. Why is that? Because God created me to be unique to be authentic, to be uniquely you and authentically Jesus. When you are uniquely you, that's when you step into being authentically Jesus because he wants you to celebrate who he created you to be. Let your light shine. Nobody else's light but yours. So when you go out to Cheyenne in the marketplace, God's going to use your personality. 
You don't have to be somebody else. You be you, but you let your light shine. And when love filters through you, it's going to flow out. Yes. So John chapter 14. I, got, I feel it this morning. It's an easy place to preach. So it's very easy to prophesy in here too. My gosh. You guys have connected an amazing prophetic atmosphere. Pastor, that's amazing. Thank you. Okay. I, I preach a lot of places. In some places, it's harder to, to hear the voice. So here we go. John chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Let's say it again. He who has my commandments and keeps them, has and keeps. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The word manifest there in the Greek means this, to cause to shine. To cause to shine. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine so that men will see your good works. So when we have the, the commandments of God, what is that? To love one another as he loved us. To do the works of God, to do the, do the gospel, to, to have connection with him. Not just know about him, but to know him intimately. To prefer him, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added. That's what he's talking about. When we put preference on him and lining up our hearts to have word and spirit, that's when we have true connection and he manifests himself. He shines through us. So when Jesus said, Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine, he's basically already saying to them, you've kept my word. My father and I, we're going to come and live inside of you. Are you, he's, are you saying, Lord, you're going to live inside of me? Luke 17, 21 says the kingdom of God is within you, in your midst. So if the kingdom of God is within you, then what right do you have to be discouraged? You don't have any right to be discouraged. That's just the enemy lying to you. Because the devil's nothing but a mouse with a microphone. He's trying to sell you something. Don't buy it. The greater one lives inside of you. When you realize what the word of God says, you can believe it. So are we believing what we read or are we only reading what we choose to believe? Believe what you read. When you read the Bible, you say it, you speak it, you declare it, and faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard 20 years ago. It's something that you've got to continually speak. The prophetic word spoken over Cheyenne Vineyard, wage a good warfare by it. Fight the good fight of faith. Because it's your co-laborers with Christ. He's just saying, look, I want you, I'm going to empower you to step towards your destiny. He's always looking for us to step first. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to me, then I will draw near to you. He's waiting for us to step. And I'm telling you, when you start to step, even in the prophetic, you'll grow in it. I'm telling you, it's like a muscle. I, I work out a lot. I didn't get a big chest by just getting stung by a bee. <laughs> I literally had to press. And sometimes that press was made me sore and uncomfortable. So when you're stretching in the supernatural, it's going to be uncomfortable. But the, God knew you were going to be uncomfortable. That's why he sent you the comforter, because he knew you would be uncomfortable. 
He's trying to grow us and, and help us to reach the world to, by letting our light so shine. So I like Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine so that men will see your good works. I talked about this last night. So that men will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What does that look like? So that what will make a lost person glorify God by your good works? Well, does just going to church make them say, wow, those Cheyenne Vineyard, they went to church. I'm going to glorify God. <laughs> or, man, they went to a conference. I'm going to glorify God. No, what's going to cause a sinner to glorify God is when they get healed, when they have the, the mysteries of their heart revealed by a prophetic word, it's going to cause them to change. I was flying to New Orleans, and I'm on the flight, and, and beside me is a couple. They were young they looked like models, absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. They had designer clothes on, so you know they had lots of money. And I'm just sitting there, I'm reading the book, and I'm just saying, Lord, am I supposed to talk to these people? I'll be, you know, I'm always trying to, be, I always want to love people, but sometimes I'll go even deeper if he tells me something, tells me to tell him something. So as I'm driving, I'm flying, I finally strike up a conversation with him, Pastor, and I said, so uh, where are you guys from? They said, we're from Raleigh, North Carolina. I said, oh, yeah. I'm from Concord, Charlotte area. They said, I said, what you guys doing? Well, we're going to New Orleans because we're going to party. Oh, okay. Cool. And they said, well, they looked at me and said, what do you do? Well, in that moment, I felt the Spirit of the Lord tell me to, to tell them my secular job, what I was doing at the time. I said, well, I've, I worked in the NFL. I'm a therapist. I'm a trainer. I'm a self-defense instructor. And it made the guys like, really? That's awesome, man. Tell me more. Because remember, we're fishers of men. Okay, I got him, and then I looked at him. I said, "Oh, by the way, I'm I'm actually also a minister, and I'm traveling to do this conference because I teach people how to hear the voice of God." Then, then the girl piped in, "That's interesting." I said, "Yeah, that is interesting. You know what's really interesting about that too?" She goes, "What's that?" I said, "He's actually telling me something about you right now." She said, "He is." I said, oh, "He sure is." And the guy's like, uh, he was more like freaked out a little bit. I said, would you like me to tell you what I feel the, the Holy Spirit's telling me to tell you? They said, sure. Now, you have to understand, this lady is beautiful. She has money. She's with her boyfriend, good-looking dude. They look like they have it all together. And I'm hearing something totally different in my heart. So I look at her, and I said, well, this is what I hear in my heart. You struggle with so much inferiority and insecurity that every night you have to write creative poetry just to go to sleep. She starts to tear up, tears coming down her eyes. The guy's eyes get this big. He's like, whoa, man. And, and, I, and I look at, her, at the guy, I said, let me tell you what I'm here about you. I said, you are trying, you're afraid to tell your dad you don't want to work for his company because you feel like it, you, don't really, you don't really fit in there, but yet you're too afraid to tell him that's not what you want to do. His eyes get real big. He's like freaked out, right? And I looked at them. I said, let me tell you guys something. I'm not a psychic. I'm a Christian. And this is true Christianity. This is how we are called to live. And I shared the gospel with them. Now, see what happens. The word of knowledge when a word of knowledge is the diagnostic tool of God, it diagnoses them. 
But then God gives a word of wisdom or a prophecy that comes in and gives the prescription to that diagnosis. And it, it hit them so hard, they confessed their sins and accepted Christ as their Lord on the plane. Just one moment of power evangelism. And this is Christianity. This is, this is, some, this is what our ministry does. We travel the, the states, the whole country, because God told me America shall be saved. I love traveling internationally, but we're focusing on America. And the Lord told me, he says, I want you to train my people in the supernatural. Get them activated in the gifts of the Spirit because each one of you are called to reach somebody. We just did a meeting Friday night in North Carolina. We have five groups across the state in North Carolina, and we had probably about, what, 60-some people in the, in the house? So, and, and they came. But what happened as we started to explain the prophetic, we did activation exercises, how to hear the voice of God, and how to understand that love is the key. Compassion, listen, compassion is the key that unlocks the prophetic gift. So all of a sudden, these people in the room start getting activated in the gifts, and they start prophesying over each other accurately. The power of God hit the place. The love of Jesus was felt People's lives were transformed. We're still hearing people talk about it. And that's amazing. This is what we are called to do. This is true Christianity. See, we don't come to church just to stare at the back of somebody's head. We're called to have relationship. See, do you know in the actual language, the Hebrew language, there's no word for presence? There's no Hebrew word that says presence? In the Hebrew language, the word for presence says this. Face, face. So in God's presence, in his face is fullness of joy. Face to face. Because what's he saying? He said, like Psalm 27, Lord, I, your face, I said, to Lord, I, your face I will seek. I will seek your face. Seek my face and Lord, your face I will seek. He's talking about presence. He's talking about face to face. He's talking looking eyeball to eyeball. Because what happens when you look eye to eye? You can be vulnerable, you can be real, you can be transparent. And this is what we need in the body of Christ because if we are going to change the world, we have to stop being phony as the body of Christ. See, a, a, a non-religious person, an unsaved person can spot a phony a, a mile away, especially a religious phony. We're looking for transparency, right? So it's okay to go up to somebody and say, listen, I really feel in my heart that I just want to tell you Jesus loves you and he thinks you're amazing. Well, that's pretty basic. Well, they need to know that. So we have really no excuse to be the gospel with legs. You don't have to be an evangelist to do evangelism. You don't have to do it. And evangelism is not a dirty word. It really isn't. See, what is evangelism? I said this before. Evangelism is this. Evangelism is simply loving people until they ask why. That's all it is. You love them. Praise God. <clears throat> So Jesus came, he came to reveal who the Father is. That's why he came. He came to a planet full of orphans because they, people are looking for something. This is why you got people all on drugs. People are trapped in new age. In the super, they're looking for supernatural things. They're looking for something that can scratch an itch that only God can, can feel. And we have to be light. We have to be salt it's our objective to literally go out there. I'm, I always encourage every place I preach, make it your objection, your objective to at least pray for one person this week. When I say for pray for one person, I mean physically pray for them. Grab their hand. 
always ask them, do you have any pain in your body? And if they say yes, where at? On a scale of one to 10, what is it? They say, oh, it's right here about nine. Can I pray for you? Sure, but they don't realize you're going to pray right then. Okay, put your hand on them and say, in the name of Jesus, pain, leave. You don't have to have a long dialogue with the sick body part. You just command it and you speak it because it's him that does the healing. He's just waiting for us to be a voice. Come on. He's waiting for us to be a voice. And we've seen so many people. We were training, um, we did the power evangelism practicum that we trained fire school of ministry in Charlotte, North Carolina. We uh, trained the students in how to heal the sick, moving the gifts. And we're talking the age groups between the ages of 18 and 24. And this is a radical group of people. This was just last year. And uh, so we were talking about healing that day. So these kids, there's like three of them, they said, let's go pray for some sick people. And they said, where are we going to find some sick people? Let's go to the emergency room. (laughs) So, So here's these brand new, one of them was just recently filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, really just baptized in the Spirit. And they were at the point, it's like, you know, let's just, God's going to do it. What do we have to to lose? Listen, if you're afraid to step out, you're just not dead to self yet. Okay? That's what it is. It's fear. If you are afraid to step out, you're making it all about you. It's not about you. It's about him. He wants to use you, to flow through you. So all of a sudden, they go out. And they go to Northeast Medical Center in Concord, North Carolina. And they go in the waiting room, and they're just sitting there. Lord, what are we going to do now? So they just start having a conversation with different people. So they had, they prayed for six people in the emergency room. Six people got healed and got up and left the emergency room. It's so crazy. They got up and left, and they got kicked out of the hospital. They're losing business. So, and so then they, they said, well, let's do this some more. So they would go to Walmart. I mean, they were seeing miracles left and right. In a span of like two, two months, we had 100 confirmed miracles in the marketplace, okay, with people who are just, just doing it. And we've trained people as young as 12 up to as old as 81. And they're stepping in the gifts. Because God is no respecter. Oh, listen to me. God is no respecter of persons. However, he is a respecter of faith. Do you choose to believe him? If you believe him, then proof of it is to do it. I'm excited about hearing how many people get touched here in Cheyenne. Actually, this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say about Cheyenne Vineyard, that this is going to be a hub of power evangelism. Yeah. The wells are coming open. Yeah. That's right. All right. That's right. So I, I just, I, I, I heard that even while we were worshiping, a hub of power evangelism. Power evangelism. It's, it's literally the vision of John Wimber will come to pass. What he started, God's going to use you to finish. <laughs> and you're an intercessor of prophetic degree. My gosh, you go deep in the spirit. He's taking you to a level of travail. See, in the enemy, he doesn't like you. He likes to try and mess with your head from time to time. He tries to make you feel inadequate. He tries to put all these crazy things, and sometimes you feel misunderstood. And you feel all these things, and it puts a spirit of heaviness on you at times. But in Jesus' name, you're going to step into your calling because you are beloved. You are so beloved, and you are an integral part to this ministry here. 
Yes, a watchman on the wall. And because God has heard your prayers, yes, your next 30 and 40 days are going to be very significant for your life. What you've been standing for, it's about to be opened. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Jesus is in Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to get on? Come on up here. Come on. My, my wife, uh, my wife has uh, something that the Lord gave her in worship. And I'm going to have to put this on your ear. Yeah, you can get the hand up. That's right. Get the hand up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- See what he says. Um, while we were worshiping, I got a I got a word for you, Joy. Um, this is what I heard. You have a quiet resolve that refuses to be hindered or denied because you know your foundation, foundation with a capital F, and the promises that are yours. Quiet meekness, strength, and resolve is to see those promises come to pass, not only in your life, but future generations. Your legacy will be left in your children's children. I heard joy for mourning, not mourning as in not mourning as in M-O-U-R-N, but mourning as in M-O-R-N-I-N-G. A new beginning. You've been given a strength. No, you've been a strength to many, resolved to encourage, rebuild, restructure. Surely those who refresh others, I will refresh. You've heard my voice in the quiet and in the darkness. I'm on your side. Your voice captures the attention of your Father. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. Yay. Hallelujah. Come on. See, have you noticed the atmosphere has already changed? Yeah. Yeah. This is now this is the this is the place where you start to hear the Lord. Okay? So I could literally probably point out one person and somebody else would have a prophetic word for them. Well if you might just say, well, what if I only just hear one thing? What if I don't hear anything? Well, you know what the Bible says, right? The Bible says that Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you with an everlasting love. So so if I if I what's your name again? Kim, so if I stood Kim up, I said, listen, we're going to minister to Kim. And you might have just one word, Jesus loves you and thinks you're amazing. Well, what happens when you release one word, the next one pops up. Prophetic utterances like this. Kim, Jesus loves you and thinks you're amazing. He loves you with an everlasting love. And what happens, each time that you release something, more flows. And the thing is, the hardest part of getting people to prophesy is not to, to, to just it really is this. It's really just to start it. Because once you start, he comes in. That's the key. So the key is stepping out of your comfort zone. Comfort zones never made anybody succeed. That's right. That's right. Faith has to have risk attached to it. Otherwise, it's not faith. God called us to walk by faith, not walk, not walk by safe. When you walk by faith, he makes it safe. Come on, somebody. So, so I just want you to understand, I don't know if you guys do prophetic activation and stuff here. That I, 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 I just really feel like a hub of power evangelism, God's about to take you guys even deeper. And that which the enemy tried to hold up, there's going to be, God's going to, I really feel this in my heart, he's going to start to bring people who are wounded, people, of, people who have suffered church hurt are going to come right to you. 
They're going to come right to you, and this is going to be a place of restoration of church hurt. I'm actually, my second book I'm writing is actually called Surviving Church Hurt, because I've been there, done that, had the t-shirt made, okay? So the Lord's going to start to bring people to you that have come out of church hurt, and I also feel in my heart, he's going to start to bring you a new remnant of people that's, that's going to uphold the vision of this house that you're going to see, yes, you're going to see like future Robbie Dawkins are going to be in this place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. They're going to start to, and you're going to start, they're probably even here right now, okay? But he, he's just waiting for you to step. He's waiting for you to step. Come on, somebody. Jesus is amazing. But see, the way that you step into this way with the, the Father, you have to live in the habitation of God instead of the visitation with God. Listen to me. Ephesians 2.22 says, we are built together as a habitation of God in the Spirit. What's that mean? Habitation, dwelling versus visitation. I came from a family of multiple divorce. Each of my parents was married four times. Crazy, crazy upbringing. Very, very dysfunctional. But what I had, one time I was living with my, my mom and I had visitation rights with my father. So I remember being a little boy and longing to see my father, longing to have a visit with my father. But what would happen? So I would be habitating with my mother day by day, but I would only have a visit with my father. I remember as a child thinking, wow, I'm getting ready to see you. My dad's coming next week. I cannot wait for my visitation. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to go out and have ice cream. We're going to have fun. So I remember, so Tuesday would happen. Oh, man, I'm getting ready. He's coming to pick me up on Friday. I'm having a visit with my father. Wednesday went by, Thursday went by, Friday came out. I was, uh, Friday morning, it's like, yes, my dad's coming to visit me. I'm so pumped. So he picked me up. He took me out. We'd have, they took me to an ice cream place, or we'd go out and we'd pass football or baseball. It was amazing. I loved it. It was so awesome. But all of a sudden, Sunday morning came, and the visit was about to end. And then he was dropping me off. And then I went back into the same stage of longing for habitation with my father, but I only had to settle for visitation. See, this is what we most Christians live from. They live with visitation mentality. They treat God as always waiting for a visit, and they don't understand. He wants to have a habitation continually with us. He wants to dwell in us constantly. And when we have habitation with the Spirit... We don't walk around looking like we've been baptized in lemon juice. We walk around with a confidence. We walk around understanding that confidence is seen in countenance. We walk around knowing that the greater one lives inside of us. There's a new authority we walk in. There's no, he, he, he said in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Triumph. When we have habitation mentality, he basically says he's going to give us a little more umph on our try. He gives us the triumph. He's the one that gives us the ability to step even further and farther because he lives with us. Not we're just waiting for another visit, not just to go to another conference. We're not waiting for just another service. We live in it 24-7, seven days a week. We are constantly living in the relationship with Jesus. And when we hear Holy Spirit, there's nothing sweeter like that. Jesus, he's amazing. See, one of the enemies that, that cause people to get out of habitation for Christians is the big P word, performance. 
performance-based Christianity is a major culprit. And it's really linked to the religious spirit. See, in Luke 12, 1, and Jesus said this. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, for it, for it is hypocrisy. The leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What does that mean? Hypocrisy in Greek is the Greek word hypocrisis, which means this, to be an actor in a theatrical play. So what's he saying? Beware of somebody who acts the part, but their heart's not the part. You should be able to tell if somebody loves you. You experience it. You don't just hear it. You can hear the truth. My wife tells me, Scott, I love you. I hear that truth. But I only really know it's true if I experience it. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You can't really know the truth. You can't have truth set you free until you know it. And the Greek word for know there is the Greek word gnosko, which means experiential truth. If you experience the truth, that's when you experience freedom. It's experiencing the presence of God. That's why the word says to taste and see the Lord is good. You cannot see he's good until you first experienced it. That's what he's talking about. So the religious spirit longs to perform. It also loves to punish. This is why the enemy, sometimes when we step out, he tries to beat us down with self-condemnation, belittling ourselves. Don't you fall for that mess. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. The Lord will convict you, but he will not humiliate you. He will correct you, but he will not hurt you. He's a good, good father. We have to understand that. When we understand that he is the father of lights who, who all good things come from, God is good. He's much better than you think. He's so much better than you think. When you know that he's good and you've experienced it, that's the key. One of my things I hate saying, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Sometimes people say that saying and they don't even know what they're talking about. They've never experienced that. It's just something with head knowledge we rehearse. But when you truly experience that he's good, you walk in faith. Galatians 5 verse 6 says faith works by love. That word works in the Greek is the Greek word energeo, which means energized. Faith has its energy source from love. So I could be up here flowing the gifts, see the prophetic happen, but if I don't have love, then I might as well hang up my hat and go home. Because that's where we have to get to. Loving people. For God so loved the world that he gave. You can always find out if somebody loves because lovers are givers and lovers are lookers. They always go after what they love. Whatever you love, you're going to make time for. Whatever's important to you will always have these three things. Your time, your words, and your money. Absolutely. Because you always give into that which is important. Cheyenne Vineyard, so into this ministry so that Cheyenne Vineyard can reach Cheyenne. People tell me all the time, well, you know, Brother Scott, you know, you, know, you don't have to give a lot. No, no, you don't have to. You get to, thank God. But people think that, you know, preaching the gospel is, is uh, cheap. I paid my own airfare here. You think that's cheap? I paid for my wife and I. Wherever we go, remember the Lord told us to treat every state as a mission field. We, we pay our own way. So when people give to us, so guys, thank you for blessing us today. When, you, when that happens... That's what it pays for. 
It pays for, it pays for going into every state in the union. And I would love, I, I, I really feel in my heart, I'd love to start coming out west more often. Hey, you know places out west, Montana. We need to be in Montana. My wife keeps wanting to go to Montana. Any connections in Montana, hook us up. We want to, we want to be connected. And uh, Idaho, I've never been, really, we want to be in Idaho, Pastor. I think I'm going to be coming back and seeing you guys more often. I'm going to come here. We'll do some Holy Ghost activation, take you out in the streets and do some power evangelism. Why not? Yay, Jesus. So performance-based Christianity. That's one thing that is the culprit. Because remember, we're co-laborers with Christ. We work with Him. He enables us to do this thing. See, here's what I want to finish with as I close. Habitation with God will always take you back to God's original intent. In Genesis 1, 28, I'm going to read that to you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. You're going to like this, Pastor, because this is a military term. So verse 28, So then God blessed them, and God said to them, he's talking about Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That word subdue is a military term. That's right, have dominion. Take dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that creeps or moves on the earth. The original intent of God was to expand the Garden of Eden. What they were at, he wanted it to expand in the midst of darkness, in the midst of chaos. The Lord loves to expand in the midst of chaos. Some of you have been going through some hard times. Some of you have been going through some dark times. Can I get a witness in here? Sometimes when you go through the darkest of times, that's when the Holy Ghost is, is he's excited. When you read when creation happened, the Bible says that the, there were waters, the Holy Spirit, the, the darkness was all over the world, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the deep. That word hovered in the Hebrew means to brood. It's the same meaning of a mother looking over the crib and brooding of her, over her child. When a mama looks at her baby, is she mad? She looks at that child with total expectation, total excitement, total just joy because she looks at that child that there's something good that's about to happen. So why did the Holy Spirit get excited when he was in the midst of darkness? I'll tell you why. Because he knew that light was about to happen. God will use your trial your struggle to get you somewhere faster. When Jesus was on the boat asleep and a great storm happened, the Bible says a great storm happened. Jesus is asleep on a pillow. And I don't know if any of you have ever been on a boat. When wind starts to happen, that thing that makes the boat move quick. The last thing Jesus said before he went to sleep is, let's go to the other side. And the disciples are there. They're on the boat. Jesus is asleep on the pillow, because you only have authority over the storm that you can sleep through. Okay. So he's asleep on the pillow. And his disciples are freaking out because there was water starting to come in the boat, but the boat's moving quick. It's going to the other side. But they're freaking out because of the darkness they're going through. See, faith doesn't look at what you're going through. Faith looks at what you're going to. So all of a sudden, their boat's moving so fast. And they wake up the master. Master, we perish. Save us. 
He was probably cranky, I'm sure, because I would have been. Get up. He says, peace be still, shh, to the wind. Spoke to the wind. Then all of a sudden, everything else calmed down. And he looked at him and said, where's your faith? Well, all of a sudden, the Bible says it was a great calm. So they went from moving very fast to the other side because of the wind. And all of a sudden, now, they're in the middle of the ocean, stuck. They now have to row. So the Lord was going to allow that storm to make them get to the other side effortless. Now they have to toil out of their own strength because they refused to receive the last word he said, let's go to the other side. When the Lord speaks to you a word, and no matter what your storm is, the Lord will use that storm to catapult you to the next level because an enemy is only an indicator that you're about to be promoted. Come on, somebody. Jesus said in Luke 19, 13, to occupy till I come. When you go over to a battle, like when we were in Iraq, we were, all the major fighting was over, we were just occupying. The battle's been won. Jesus set us free from the law of sin and death. Now we're just occupying. How are we doing that? We're letting our light shine. And we realize that the greater one lives in us. It's time to be Christians now. It's time to live real Christianity, to crush hell for a living. We heal the sick. We raise the dead. We cast out devils. Freely we receive, we freely give. Prophesy to, prophesy to yourself. Learn how to hear the voice of God. Spend time learning how to rest your analytical overthinking. That's the biggest culprit, I'm telling you. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, To be still and know I am God. Everybody wants to hear from the Lord, but they need to be able to shut up their mind. Be quiet. Shh. Because fear would like to get in there and have you to try and reason it out, logical, and all that stuff. It doesn't really happen. Now, I want to finish with this. When God created everything, everything God created, he spoke to the substance from which it came. When he created the stars and the sky, the sun and the moon, he spoke to the heavens. When he created the fish of the sea, he spoke to the the waters. Everything that he spoke to, it had to stay in the environment from which it came. Otherwise, it would die. So when he spoke to the heavens and created the stars, the sun, and the moon, it had to remain in the heavens. Otherwise, it would be like a falling star. A falling star would come out of its environment and die. A fish, if it did not stay connected to what he created and he spoke to, it would come out of water and die. Everything that the Father created, everything that God created, he spoke to the substance from which it came from. Are y'all hearing me? So when he created man, what did he speak to? He spoke to himself. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Come on. In other words, he's saying this one's coming out of me. So we have to remain connected to the environment of God. This is why Jesus had to come. Because when Adam committed high, committed high treason against God, we fell out of our environment. And Jesus had to be the second Adam to get us to be back to be citizens of heaven, ambassadors of Christ. Once that happens, we walk in a new authority and we understand who we are in Christ.
Amen. Uh, you love that word. I love that. That's awesome. Come on. Good word. Come on. Praise God. Keep, keep preaching it. <laughs> Amen. 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 Well, let's see here. Does anybody have any pain in their bodies at all? Where are you hurting that right now? All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how hard does it hurt? Out of five? Okay. So, how many believers do I have around you? Okay, good. Okay, good. All right, so let me explain something here. What we're going to do is you're just going to command the pain to go. So, and you, that's right. And you speak to that because, and you can, in Jesus' name, I'll pain leave, get out, and you tell, go ahead, go for it. Now, always have them check it. Now, check it and be honest. If, is it still a five? Is it still a five? So how's it feel now? About a three, so it's going down. Good. All right, we're going to pray again. All right, command it. In Jesus' name, be healed. Pain, leave. Right now. Get out. Oh, his presence is strong. All right, check it again. It's gone even down more? Yeah, it's about a one. About a one. All right, we're going to zero. Okay, okay. Come on. Come on. All right, one more time. And you speak to that thing. Release healing on it. I'll pain get out. I'll pain get How do you feel? Any pain? Okay, do you feel any pain? Praise God. Okay, come on. Okay, so this is what we're called to do. All right? Again, we have to understand this is body ministry. I can pray for all of you, and that's great, but it would be better for you to pray for each other. Okay. All right. Okay, listen, we're going to do something. Is this okay? What time are you guys usually done? Okay. Okay, good, got you, all right, all right, cool, all right, so you're Daniel, right? Okay, all right, so Daniel, stand up. Okay, so Lord, I thank you for Daniel, and I thank you that you're going to speak to our hearts to give him a, an edifying word straight from the throne room of heaven. So in Jesus' name, now you all know Daniel, but that's okay, you can know him according to the flesh, but you need to know him according to the spirit. See, God sees him differently than you see him. You have to tap into the compassion of Christ and just to bring a word of edification, exhortation, and comfort. I can prophesy all day long, but I want to see you do it. All right, so who wants to step out by faith first? I'm going to have any... Go ahead, go ahead. Um. Come on, Jesus. That's the love of Jesus. Come on. Come on. All right. The Holy 
Ghost is moving. All right, who's going to who's going to who's going to step out by faith now? And as you step out and rest, the, the Lord's going to surprise you. He, he's going to exceed your expectations mm -hmm. of what you're hoping He's going to do. He's, he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, come on, come on. I keep hearing on lion's den. I don't know if you're in the lion's den now or you're going into one, but either way, you're not going to be there for long. Come on, Jesus. Come on. There's victory in it. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Keep flowing, everybody. Come on. Daniel, the Lord has heard your cries, and he's seen your heart, and he knows what your desires are, and he's giving you his desires. And you're going to walk in an increase that you never can even imagine. He's even going to increase how you can ask him what he wants to do with you because you're you're at a point where you're like like what jay said god you're gonna have to help me think bigger and so god is going to help you think bigger and there's bigger things that he's taking you into and it's beyond your imagination and he's giving you everything that you need but daniel right now in the name of jesus i break off that orphan spirit because you belong to him you are tight with god you are face to face with him and he loves you. He's looking at you in your eyes right now. And he's saying, Daniel, I've never been disappointed. I've never left you. You can trust me. I'm good. And you are going to honor me everywhere your feet step. Come on. Wow. Power forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. I see that. I see my God. At first, I thought it was showers, like rain showers, but it was more more than that. It was like a torrential rainfall, actually. So much so that you couldn't see through it. It was very, very heavy. And and then I heard a torrential rainfall of blessings to restore everything that the enemy... And it was a violent thing. Not violent towards you, but violent toward everything that the enemy has tried to, to steal from you, to, to shut down on you. That there is a... There is a violent torrential rainfall of blessings coming towards you, for you, to show the enemy up. Come on. Come on. So anybody else? Come on. You're feeling the love of Jesus right now. Now, prophetic environments happen by stepping out and taking risks. So look, all it is is encouragement. Really. I have something for him. I just was waiting for everybody to go for it. All time, but go for it. I, I, I love it. Um, I mean, not that that means anything, but, um, you know, Daniel, the moment you stood up, um, God showed me that uh, there were some old tools that were truly going to be laid down and some new tools that were going to be picked up as you go forward and as he launches you out in this new season. Because this is a really new trip. This is not like any other trip that you've ever taken, just like everybody has already indicated from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing with that is he said, there is, I see everywhere you moved, everywhere you went, it was a portal open from heaven. So <laughs> this portal went Woo! everywhere you went. It wasn't like you went to one specific region, and then all of a sudden you're saying, God, you know, open heaven, a portal. This portal moved where you moved. So I really see even before you went, you're going to have an encounter with God. Yeah. Because he's taking off the old original. The mindsets of all these things that were connected to that, it has to go so they can lay down all those tools and the way you did those things. 
Come on, somebody. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's awesome. This is church. And I see some amazing things are about to happen here, Pastor. I just want to encourage you. You've, you've stood the test of time. You've battled. And uh, what's the uh, old Duracell commercials? Or what was it? Takes a licking on, keeps on ticking. No, 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 that's Timex. Oh, that's Timex. That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. Yes. Okay. Well, we're. He, what? Duracell? Okay. That was. That was Timex. Oh, Tom. All right. So you're like Timex, and Duracell was like that. Was who was? Okay, but the Duracell was that like the guy? Don't knock this off my shoulder. A Rockford Files guy was it? No, what was it? Charles Bronson? Huh? Yeah, some somebody's like. Don't knock that off my shoulder. I'm showing my age. Okay, I'm sure. Okay. But anyways. It wasn't mine very long. Yeah, it wasn't. So taking and licking and keep on ticking. Remember, it's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you can keep getting hit and keep on moving forward. And so you keep pressing forward, but press without stress. And God's going to make a way in the wilderness and provide rivers in the desert. Today, impartation happened. You freely received it. Now, I encourage you and I challenge you, Cheyenne Vineyard, go out and partake of the fruit the Lord gave you, now give it away. Give it away. So, Lord, let me pray, and I'm going to give it over to you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this amazing house of God. I thank you for the opportunity to speak here. I pray blessing. I pray increase. I pray favor in the fear of the Lord, Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I thank you, Lord, as we continue to grow in who you are, that we would love people. And see Cheyenne change. See Cheyenne transformed. From the inside out, Lord, use each and every person in this building today to be a conduit of your glory. Use them, Lord. Use them. I thank you, Father, for just, for just such a time as this. Today was a defining moment in the history of Cheyenne Vineyard Church. It's time to open up the old wells and power evangelism shall take place in a great degree. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> it's been good, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, the Lord wants us to use what he's given us. Uh, you know, we, we've been activated in prayer for healing. We've been activated in the prophetic. It's time to get out there and do it some more. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for what you're doing in this city. And I pray, Lord, that we would take you up on your offer. That we'd go out and spend what you've given us so you'll give us more. And, Lord, I know that as we give away what you've given us out in the marketplace, that, that there will be increase here as we we thank you for your kingdom we thank you for how you work and now lord just increase 
our faith. And fill us with your love, with your compassion for this city, to see transformation begin. For the glory of your Son. Amen.